Good morning, not morning where my guest is. My guest today, and honestly, I'm not making this up. I said someday I want to get Kath Pay on the podcast. If, it, if I can sustain it and make it good enough to invite Kath Pay, then I'll know that I've like kind of hit a benchmark. Yay. Welcome, Kath Pay. Well, thank you very, very much for having me on. I'm going to break the tradition, which is usually tell everybody about yourself because I get to talk about you instead. Uh, Kath is the CEO, founder and CEO of Holistic Email, which has got to be one of the best known email marketing agencies out there. Also international best-selling author title right here. Come on, camera. Yes. Holistic Email Marketing. <laughs> and uh, a heck of a book. I've got, I've got bookmarks in there for us to talk about. So watch out. Ooh. How long has the book been out now? I've been out for two years. It's been out long enough that I'm talking about doing a second edition. For a second edition. Okay. I think that's actually a good idea. Yes. Just been released. Wait, you don't. So as an author, yes. as an author, you go, oh, I, I left that on the cutting room floor or these things have changed or both. That changed. I tell you what, the, the, the difference between then and now is there's so many new things that, that, have, that have happened. Um, Name two also, or three. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, put me on the spot, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so um, AI using copywriting and GPT and all of that, right? So probably I'm sure you've been speaking to lots of people about that. But that has the, if, if the right person embraces it, it has the ability to, uh, I'm not going to say revolutionize or, or anything like that, but certainly assist them a lot. But it's about, again, everything that we're doing, try to be strategic and trying to use it wisely and make sure that you understand its weaknesses as well as its strengths, right? Um, so so that that's one. But then there's um, MPP has come out since the book was launched as well. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> we can talk about that one a bit. Oh, yes. You're, you're a little bit in the know about that one. Um, well, and it, it's, we, we don't want to do inside baseball. Kat's reference there is Apple's change in terms of how they handle, uh, email, op the measurement of email opens in terms of, uh, in terms of pixels and images, which threw a big old monkey wrench in measures that have been around for 20 years. Yeah. 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 It's a big so, yeah. I mean, there's lots of, you know, it's like little introductions or or not so much even introductions, but BIMI. BIMI is now being taken quite seriously. Yeah. Right? It, it's picking up speed and things like this. So all of these things need to be addressed, need to be integrated within the book. And, um, you know, and like I said, not only are the consumers have changed, but the marketers are changing as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're picking up on, okay, so more marketers are now doing this less of doing that. And, you know, I think that also needs to be uh, changed because then you can start to see the, tra you know, trajectory or the way that it's going. Yeah. And, just changes in, changes in practices, techniques, things that work, things that don't work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm curious because, I mean, in addition to juggling running holistic, um, without, without necessarily be sitting, sitting in the office with everybody at holistic, um, speaking, uh, writing, and a few other things. How do you carve out the time to work on a, let's say, a book revision? Again, welcome to my life. And the thing, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Like at the moment, I'm actually um, doing a, a, an updated version of a best practice guide for a different uh, entity as well. Um, so, and I found last year, or last year, when I did the book, I was doing both of them simultaneously, and that was really difficult. So this time, I'm at least doing one, finishing that project, and then starting on the other, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I've learned. I, I found out I'm not actually Wonder Woman. <laughs> or, no. or the Marvel one, but the one that can create time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, do you uh, write at set times, revise at set times? Uh, go when the go when the inspiration strikes like what what's the process feel like yeah so the way that i work 
I'm very sporadic in so many ways. And I think that's why I really, really love to try and get people into some sort of systems or stuff because I'm not that way in line. I'm very organizing them. But when it comes to me naturally doing things, I don't know. I say, you know, I, if I were to say, okay, writing for two hours, yeah, uh, won't happen. It just won't happen. However, when I'm wandering around and I'm doing the laundry or something, I'll just go, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And find myself there and I'll be stuck for two hours or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so inspiration strikes. Uh, do you, do you carry a notebook and a pen around? Uh, I just do lots of WhatsApp voice messages to myself. I've got two phones. Yeah. And one of my British ones. So they're just for me. <laughs> I like that. Actually, probably more probably more likely to uh, probably more likely to uh, capture context, right? Because you can yeah. just yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. oh, I literally can say I talk to myself. It's okay. It's okay. My, my my wife says she talks to the produce, and I've seen her do it. So, um, <laughs> oh, you're a nice tomato. Um, okay, interesting. Because professional writers will say nope. You got to yeah. sit down and write and, and bang it out. And I'm not saying not, not, you're not a professional, but you have other professions as well. Um, and I get that, but that's, uh, that's a tough fit in this fractured time. Yes. Now, editing is different because they're two different processes. Mm -hmm. Creative. Yeah. And I'm quite forced to creative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I am best to go with the, when it when it happens, yeah, yeah, get all excited, and then it, that's when all of my, you know, um, oh that anecdote or that story or that key study, everything will come then, right? Yeah, editing is different. I can sit down and I can say, okay, I've got to edit. Yeah, you know, um, cutting, improving, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, wait, replace that case study with another one. I I can do that, and and so I'm pretty good at that. Um, but I also have an editor as well. Course. Right. Um, uh, which really, really helps because that's when I'll trash you and say, oh, let's try to make you this. <laughs> so, am I repeating myself a couple more times than I should be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I assume you write at the keyboard. Is that accurate? You assume what? Sorry? You write with a keyboard, not a pen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm saying, wait a minute. Okay. I know there were people who used to write with pens. I don't understand how they did it, but oh God. I will, I will start things three times. Often what I'll do is I just points down because they're in my mind and I have that. Yeah. Right. Then I start to work with them and, and then I'll flip everything around. I mean, I love it. You just remove that paragraph, stick it up there and flip them around and then do this and oh, that one fits there. How can you do that with pen and paper? I mean, you know, it would just be a total scribbled mess, oh. but not working with, you know, just word or something. It, it, yeah. 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 Which is, here's a, here's a, here's a little conversational pivot point for us. One of the, one of the many concerns I've got about the face and name we finally put on AI, oh, chat GPT, is that writing isn't just about writing, it's about thinking. And like, oh, Timmy's going to tell Chat GPT to write his essay. Well, Timmy's Timmy needs a whack in the back of the head, and uh, he's not going to think. But interestingly enough, I actually put this. I can't remember what what it came up with, but I went to Chat GPT the other day and I said, "Hey, could you write an essay assignment for a high schooler that couldn't be answered by you?" And I was hoping it would blow steam and and you know expire or something like that because. Because that fundamental point, which, you know, you talk about in your own writing process, like, you don't know what you're going to say, right? You go, boom, 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 get it down. Oh, well, that connects with this. Move the paragraph up here. Start putting some structure to it. All of those things are not going to come popping out of a machine based on a two-line prompt. No, no, no. And, that, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about getting the props right. And it's about developing and and getting in deeper and deeper and getting that guidance happening which means that you can't be an amateur in the first place you have to know about the topic you have to be able to guide and input and then of course edit as yeah. well 
Yeah. So just by the by, I won't be writing the revision using ChatGPT. <laughs> I've assumed as much. It delighted to hear. Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, even if you, even if someone said, "Here's a zillion dollars, do it," I'm going to guess you'd go, "No, right, right?" Because yeah, but the the funny thing is, right? I think so. I I put in um, when it first came out. I went, okay, what is holistic email marketing? Okay. And it comes out, and it came out. I actually published an article, I think, last week talking about this. And it came out with an awesome definition. Seriously. And I'm going, man, this is better than I actually have been able to explain it, right? And the reason is, is it's gone through all of my articles, like gazillions of articles about this and piled them all together, got a really nice, concise summary of it. But it's using my phraseology, it's using my words. So I, all I'm thinking about is if I use ChatGPT, they're just going to be going through all of my, because I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Probably would. In fact, actually, maybe I could do that. Like when we play articles by Kathy, it just stores those ones. But no, yeah. you know, and a, a lot of what I talk about is also contrary. To a lot of the best, yeah, well, it's practice, but practice out, right. out there, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's there's no way that's okay for me. That's not it's it's a bit, and especially in the example you just gave, uh, one of the many things that intrigues me about how this, uh, you know, how this Sputnik moment of Chat GPT is is sitting with people intellectually and emotionally, it's a good bit looking in the mirror and sometimes not liking what we see and sometimes going, Oh, that's amazing. Right. You just, you just recounted something that's kind of amazing, right? Really a lot of your own stuff synthesized and real eloquently fed back to you. You liked what it had to say, but you get contrasting examples. Someone will, someone will relatively easy get, you know, get an AI of some sort to spit out things that are not the best side of humankind. You go, well, you know, the data said it was trained on, it came from somewhere. Absolutely. And, and, and that's it. That, that's the whole thing, too, is that, you know, certainly being a thought leader, right, or being regarded as a thought leader, hence why I've written yeah. a book. Yeah. I can't be using other people's content. The whole idea of the thought leader is that you are generating and creating your own content, your own thoughts, your own angles, your own you know, our rationalizations, everything like this, your own yeah. evidence. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But like I said, it's me to, to write, to, to put together a little paragraph or something of an intro for a newsletter. Sure. Awesome. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, there's a, there is a, there is a tension there that I, and I don't know where it's going to go. I really don't. Um, I, I agree with you about, the role of a thought leader. I mean, sidebar, do you get those annoying emails where people say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of writing stuff, writing content for you. And I, right. I just want to smack them. Like, no, yeah. you, you would have no, you'd have no idea what I have to say. And I don't want generic pablum from, you know, like someone that I just outsourced to put filler on a website. How, how annoying is that? Yet we're going to see people producing a whole heck of a lot of filler. Uh, with with the aid of uh, you know like new algorithms, machines, and the AIs and stuff. On the other hand, you you look at some of the um, unexpected surprises popping out because the data sets crammed into AIs are so vast and cut across so many fields. There's an example in the book by uh, Kissinger and um, Eric Schmidt about. Uh, an, an, an AI synthesizing a new and effective drug, like doing honest to God science going, this compound would probably be effective on that. And it was, and no one had ever come up. No, no human researchers had come up with it. He did the cross reference and scientific yeah. principles job of saying, this will probably have an effect on that condition. Like, and like, can't be patented, can't be copyrighted, came out of a machine at the same time. Pretty useful, pretty valuable. Oh, 
well, this is going to yeah. get interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I think that uh, there, there's a lot of interesting things going to be happening. So, you know, yeah. um, but then also I think it's the same with, um, you know, during the elections and COVID and everything, there was that false information and everything. Yeah. I think have that. That's a big know, I'm sure you've read all the articles where people have said, oh, yeah, it wrote a really good article and then it cited some fictional sources, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making SHRT up as it goes along. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think we just, as, as readers, as users, as everything, when it comes to article and information, we have to understand that you know, not every article out there is going to be absolutely accurate. Right. Wait, doing it for those beyond copywriting tasks, those calculations, yeah. that, yeah, because that's putting well, as you know, uh, as long as you're well trained in it, that's putting a lot of uh, ability in in uh, a person's hands who wouldn't normally be able to necessarily do those calculations. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that that's true, and and to the extent that um. To the extent that it's a, a a tool for the mind, Steve Jobs' famous you know uh, wheels for the mind sort of approach. You know, does it? Can we use it to make enable ourselves to do more? Great. Is it a substitute for us doing more? Hang on a second. No, I don't think I don't think so. Right? I don't think so. I, I want to backtrack a second to the thought leader thing because uh, I'm I'm not going to anoint myself a thought leader, uh, but. To the extent that I try to be, to the extent that you, that you clearly are, I I think it takes an active. Go ahead and think, right? Go ahead and go ahead and have an opinion about something in your field, even if it's not what everybody else says. Yes. What do yes. you think? Yeah, and 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 that is scary. And you need to have um, confidence around mm -hmm. past history to be able to almost defy a lot of the community mm -hmm. uh, but of course you have to make sure that you are supporting everything everything's evident yeah yeah back it up and i always were i've got my tight close friends who aren't all yes people right um some are <laughs> not many of them <laughs> you know and i'll say okay give, give me your thoughts give me your yeah. feedback you know yes. here's pick holes in it because I don't want to go out there and say that this is the case or this should be or let's have a think about doing this or you know is this past practice that we have been doing is that now totally irrelevant because of these changes yeah um and so you know you, you go and get that happening as well and that always helps so I mean I will never ever suggest anything or propose anything without having done, you know, get all the data, get all the evidence, have worked like clients and everything. Because most of the stuff that I come up with is from working with clients. I'll bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet. I'll find this particular situation. I'll just go, oh, okay, well, that's impacted by this and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then can start doing it that way. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got quite a few. I used to be the chief trainer for e-consultancy, IDM, digital donut, you name it, like, in different agencies or, you know, publishers. Um, and a lot of my colleagues in these, you know, uh, training colleagues, they were just trainers. That's all they did. They educated. Mm. It's great. And they were fantastic at it, right? But their content was stale. Their content, because they didn't actually own that content. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. That was someone else's case study. That yeah. was something that they read in an article and they're very good at delivering. They're very good at training, but they didn't have that, um, that real life things are changing, evolving, you know, every time I did any of your courses, I'm updating, even though it's the same content, I'm updating the deck all the way through. Yeah. There's, there's new facts and figures. There's new everything. Yeah. 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 So, um, I think, I think thought leaders, yes. You can't just, that, and there's a lot of people out there who call themselves thought leaders yeah. who aren't very aware I just call myself <laughs> But um, there are a lot of people out there who call themselves thought leaders and they're really, you know, I'm going to sound really horrible, 
yeah, not just said it, not going to say it, but they're just regurgitators. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that, that looping it back, that's one of the risks I see with the facile tool, tool set, language tool set of AI. It's like, hey, write me an article. Cool. Copy, paste. Ooh, look, I'm a thought later. Uh, no, you didn't do any thinking. <laughs> I mean, yes, you had to engineer the prompt, but if a prompt was that difficult, it would end up being book length and you might as well publish your prompt, right? Uh, getting, getting, getting a clever uh, thing to spit out something that looks like you worked hard uh, may seem like a cheat, but I just don't find, I don't think it's going to actually work in the long run. You know, the folks and we could we could talk about people that we know in common who who really are like they're electrifying, they're interesting, you don't know what they're gonna come up with. You think about what they said, right? They helped get smarter at your particular uh practice and discipline. That's a thought later, right? Yes. Yeah. And they're not always liked either, by the way. They're not what? They're not always liked. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're bringing in ideas and, and that goes against everyone's previous thinking and habits and concepts of how things should be in reality. And so it's basically calling them and saying, actually, what you're doing is wrong and, and people hate being wrong. So <laughs> it, it can be a bit of a challenge that way. But then over time, once they actually take it on board and they change and everything, then they you know, they fully understand, but sometimes it can be a bit of a, a yeah, 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 yeah. And it, you know, it's easy to think of uh, marketing or business or email marketing or something like that as sort of cooked, done. Everybody knows how it works. Mm, I don't think so. I think we're still reinventing this as the machi machinery and the culture continue yeah. their own evolution. Yeah. You know, and I have my, my hypothesis on that because I've yeah. done a lot of the, um, and what, what I think it's all about is that email marketing is really hard. Okay. It's actually hard and, and it's complex. So if you go around and have a look at all the agencies, they're not specific email agencies, but just web or digital agents, you'll see that they will offer every other channel under the sun that in. If they do offer email, they're outsourcing it to a voltage of fill. Because email is And so because it is hard, we latch onto those silver bullets, those things that have been tried and proven and tested mm. over the years by, you know, but without actually supporting the evidence or anything or it would be it did work 10 12 years ago that's totally relevant for the here and the now um and so i think that's why we tend to do it rather than sort of you know each of us looking at our individual needs our objectives our programs our audiences our you know kpis that we're going to be you know measured on everything like this and coming up with something that's really really unique still abiding by the basic principles of email marketing, and there are many, you know, I don't think we really talk about them enough. I prefer to talk about principles rather than best practice, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. principles are generally applicable and considerable to all types of businesses. Best practices sometimes only apply to certain. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good distinction. I like that distinction. Why? Why is it so hard? Because, um, because of those things, right? So for one, email isn't owned by a entity. So right, right, right. So therefore it's a lot more flexible. There's a lot more that can go right. There's a lot more that can go wrong. There's a lot more everything happening. Um, it also means that, you know, all of our databases, all of our products, everything is different. So we're all going to have very, very different strategies. Mm -hmm. Whereas go and read up on the web, you can say, this is the Facebook strategy if you're this, if you're that, if you're, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it can be a little bit more formulized with other channels, maybe. Um, SEO. So I used to be an SEO um, consultant, well, expert back in 40 
28. Things have changed a little bit, but still the basic principles are there. And so I was able to pick up really quickly. I'm, I'm not saying I'm at the, you know, amazing level on that, but, but they still fundamentally work, even though like Ultra Vista is no longer in existence. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big one now, right? That, it didn't exist back then. So, um, then there's, I, th- I think that's what it is, is e- email. I don't know. There's just too many variables. Just so okay. many variables. Yeah, that's a good summary. And I may agree with you about the, the, you know, no owner, no owner equals no one imposing, uh, structure and rules of the game. Which is why we want to do it. We, we are so self-imposing, aren't we? With, with, yes. And, and, you know, like yesterday I'm looking at a forum and, and someone said, um, you know, I want to get, my CEO wants me to increase frequency, right? We're already sending X amount per week and everything. And I want to prove to him that it's, um, that it's a bad decision to do. Yeah. And then when I went to her and I sort of just spilled it out and I said, listen, you know, and she was talking about, should I just do a report on some subscribes? And I said, you know, so I went into the whole thing about, you know, when you're just looking at increasing frequency and only measuring campaign, um, you know, activity, yes, you're going to find out the, the results are worse because that's how email is. If you increase it, people are still only going to open one in every four emails. Right. It just means they're going to be opening one in four emails more regularly, right, more frequently than they would if you have less. Um, and so they're still going to be unsubscribing and everything because you're doing it more often. You're actually heightening that up. But then you need to get the value of an email address and start applying that, right, benchmark that. Then when you're going to do that, you'll have a control of the current sends, you'll have a, your, your test of the, of the new frequency, and then leave it running for a while, you know, you can use that. Campaigns and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, and then look at the value of the email address, look at the revenue, look at the metrics. You will look at the unsubscribe rate. But also use open reach, click reach, all that kind of stuff. You yes. have to start really thinking about it. Everyone just gravitates to what is kind of obvious without sitting down and taking the time yeah. what looks to be obvious. What looks to be obvious. And really delving into it, having all kind of everything impacts. And I get so important acting as topic, trying to remember why we started. Why was I telling you this? <laughs> Well, it was, it was about what, you know, why is he, I ask you why email is hard and uh-huh. you just touched on a bunch of reasons. Yes. Yes. And, and often that is the case. Often it is the obvious thing. So, okay. Another example, right? Um, testing open rates. That's your success metric is you're going to be using an open rate because you're testing a subject line. Yeah. Okay. Everyone goes, well, subject lines impact open rates. They will be testing that. But I can tell you, I've done this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Plus also there's this other little lovely um, sort of um, task I send everyone to go and do. And it shows you and proves to you that actually if you're going to be testing an open a, a subject line and you're using the open metric to be designating whether it's success or not, you're probably optimizing for the wrong result. because you know, so this is the little litmus test that you do, right? Go and get the top 10 campaigns with high opens, top 10 with click rates, top 10 based on conversion. Yeah. And I'll go and see what's the crossover. Right, right. And and the best open, not, not necessarily the best result, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why, right? It's obvious when you think about it, it's logical for you to be using the open rate, but logic isn't necessarily achievable. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Plus, plus minus that new variable that you mentioned already, uh, Apple and MPP yes. <laughs> making, making cash of that particular, uh, measure. It's still possible, but, um, Delve down just one more level there. I'll, I'll throw out a thesis for you to kick around. Um, 
what I see in conversation, not necessarily in practice because I'm not at their desk, but it feels to me, and this is email marketing and probably other marketing disciplines, MarTech in general, that people are, they frequently end up sort of uh, with the myopia imprisonment of the tool set they're using. You know, the ESP tells me this, so this is what I'll act on. Is it, a, is it the right set of measures? Is it an adequate set of measures? Is it actually connected to everything else in your business? No, no, no. But it kind of becomes, God, that's all I've got to work with. And that's where I spend all day. So that's what I, that's what I make decisions on. Yeah. You know what? And, and yes, this is so true. And a lot of what you said was actually legacy and it used to happen, but it doesn't happen as much now. Still does happen. Certainly with the smaller companies who will just say, um, yeah, they're, they're just using, you know, a MailChimp, an active campaign, but they haven't got it actually synced to any yeah. database. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just standalones and they don't always record, you know, maybe they don't even have it connected to Google Analytics, but they don't have the, the conversions even. They're just looking at the open rate, the click rate. Uh, and that's very much how it used to be. It's less like that now. But when we go back to how it used to be, and a lot of email marketing is based on how it used to be. How it used to be is that um, the ESPs, like you can't go and get a marketing degree, an email marketing degree. Right. Right? There's, there's no such thing as that. I used to teach the digital marketing um, uh, degree, the email marketing portion of it. So it, is, it does live in that as a, as, you know, as a little nod, <laughs> right? But um, you can't go and do that. So there's nothing that's incredibly comprehensive, which yeah. is what yeah. we're going to do, that, that can, can give you that. Therefore, we are left learning from either trainers like myself or um, articles on the web, or most likely your ESP. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're trained by them. Now, and kudos to the ESP. So, you know, they just went, well, we've got a great system. We want them to use it. We need to train them to use it. And that's what they're doing. They're training you to use their system. Right. And the marketing elements within that's necessary to be able to use their system. Yeah. They're not teaching you marketing. They're yeah. not really teaching you email marketing at all because they're not necessarily email marketers. They're technology providers. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where a lot of the, you know, so-called practices and everything are coming. And therefore, they are also very, very technology-led rather than marketing-led. And when you think about how we as email marketers got into email marketing, we all somehow fumbled our way here. It kind of like, you know, we, we landed here by accident. We woke up and said, I want to be an email marketer, right? Well, some of the new, new younger ones might, but certainly not me. Um, and so you kind of don't therefore have that training. Like if you go in, and I do this all this term, anecdotally um, survey, you know, my, my students and my clients and, and in presentations, their audiences. And you go and ask them, you know, how did they get it? Yes, they got on there accidentally. Who out of you has actually got a marketing degree? And we're talking probably maybe tips. Yeah. Okay. So therefore, the majority of email marketers are not email marketers, as in they're not marketers. They're email technologists or email campaign managers. And I'm not saying this to deride them or to, to reduce them to anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what... I, and I've written quite a lot of articles on this too. It's bring marketing back to email marketing. <laughs> and that's what I've been on a mission to actually help as much as possible to teach that strategy side of things mm -hmm. so that they understand how everything all fits in that you haven't got little individual campaigns that don't connect to anything. And then you putting all your custom on this disconnected journey. You actually... Everything is tired. Everything is there for a purpose. It's all there to deliver and enhance, you know, customer experience to your audience and to help them to achieve their objective. Mm. That's what. Whereas most of us are just saying, oh, oh, I read somewhere I should have this program. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, my, I, I, I agree with, I agree with all the stuff that you just sort of summarized about the field as a, as a, technologist myself a developer and so on i i'm frequently kind of scratching my head about 
how relatively non-technical, non-technically skilled the people in, in, in that complex job of email marketing tend to be, uh, because prisoner of the tools again, be, because ESP hides a lot of what's going on or don't, doesn't let you put your hands and fingers on it and do it, or you don't have time, which is probably yeah. the case right there. But I get people going, ah, uh, that's too technical. I'm like, oh my God, right? How do you get your job done? If you think that's technical, you got, you know, you got nothing. So they're caught in between. It feels like a perpetually immature field in a funny way. It's, it's so advanced in so many ways. It really, really is. And, and let's, you know, let's give it kudos to, to the, the innate nature of email. It's yeah. the first channel. Okay. So that's incredibly powerful. And we should understand that we should be using it differently to how many of us yeah. are using yeah. Even acknowledge that. Okay. So, so that's, that is a, a bit of an issue. I do, mm-hmm. I do. Um, and yeah, we just, we just need to understand that email is an incredibly valuable channel that needs to be, well, we need to do as best as we can to actually understand how to resonate best with our audience. Mm, and yeah isn't always able to be taught through a technology provider. Okay. And and like I said, I'm not, I'm not writing out anyone. I think, you know, technology providers do a great job. They are advanced in so many ways, but then in so many other ways, it's like, and I do talk publicly about the AB testing tools with these peaks. They're totally and not only are they inadequate, they actually misteach, uh, you know, um, marketers yeah. how to test. Yeah. So they're actually testing wrongly and they are optimizing for the wrong results because of that tool has yeah. not been yeah. has not been thought out, has not been advanced enough, has not got the the the, the, the teaching and everything like that. It's so, you know, in some ways it's almost dangerous, right? Um, because mm. if they are optimizing for the wrong result based on their use of that tool. The other way, it, it's, I can't tell you how many um, marketers I've spoken to have been disillusioned from testing because they don't start with a hypothesis. There's no tool in email marketing that says, okay, so, so this is what you do. You have to start with this and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's literally doing a subject line, different wording, and then, you know, one, one subject line is here, and the other one is so similar that they don't get a statistically significant result. And then they go away and they go, there was no difference. Right, right. I'm not going to keep testing because it's, it doesn't work. And uh-huh. it's not that testing works, it's just that they're doing it wrong, but they don't realize that they're doing it. And, and this is what bothers me a lot, which is why I've been a lot of my time talking about testing. And, and, and educate and, and, you know, leading, leading the thinking on it and educating people on it. Um, I'd be curious to get your reaction to, to, uh, I just made this hypothesis up on the fly. Um, if email cost more to execute, I wonder if we'd have some improvement in terms of, let's call it rigor for lack of a better word. Cause you could throw someone, you could throw, you know, some, some nice wet behind the ears, 20 something year old in and go run the email program. And they probably are going to contribute to the bottom line. Why? Just nature, nature of the channel. Yes. The push channel. Yes. It, 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 I say that in my book, it's it's the worst enemy. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and again, you're not doing a good job because you haven't been taught how to do it, right? Sure, but, sure. Um, so, so that is definitely a problem or one of the problems. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And therefore, you know, like, you're not going to be putting, um, you think about a TV channel, you think about paid, even paid ads. Yeah, yeah. We want very high-paying executives working on those, and these guys know what they're doing and all the rest of it. And then, if anyone's going to be coming up through the ranks, they're going to be trained. 
going to be trained really well and they'll probably have some kind of a, you know, uh, definitely a degree of some sort behind them in marketing or something like this. So, yes, email instead, still regarded as that cheap channel. Yeah. But one of the things I want to pull out here, and as a technologist, you probably realize this too. I find, so as a consultant, I find this all the time and it bothers me, <laughs> not just for my business sake, but because of how businesses are. Businesses will always have time and money and budget for the technology, but they won't necessarily have it for the smarts to come with it. Amen. Yeah. 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 Right. Drive me crazy. It, it, it does, doesn't it? Because, yes. It, it, you'll, you'll get, you'll spend so much. I know so many, uh, and you're looking to get in, um, so much money on the technology, but then it's actually ended up being used for some very basic things. One, because yeah. it's complex. Yeah. yeah. But two, uh, because the, the, the strategy isn't in place. And therefore, you know, you, you're just achieving something that you could actually achieve with MailChimp in a very, very, very expensive, uh, you know, platform. So it's so it's by way of uh, metaphor. It's uh, a, a lot of people sort of driving to the playground in supercars, right? This thing will do all sorts of stuff. You spend a fortune on it, and you're going to the grocery store at thirty miles an hour. <laughs> yes, and so huh. it, and then they spend. You know, what, if they're going to spend time being trained, they'll spend time being trained on the system. Yeah. Being trained on strategy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The th the 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 actual the actual uh, thinking, organizational structure, planning work that goes into being effective with the tool set that you've got on, at your fingertips. And then even when it comes to RFPs, you know, we do our RFPs, and the first thing we do before we start committing our RFPs, we say we have to do an audit and a strategy. Yeah, I knew I knew about your audit. <laughs> practice yeah if you don't know what you have a strategy then that's what we need to do because we need to know where we want to go before yeah. we start yeah or the system take yeah. us there yeah but there are so many people who will just do that rfp just get us a new system and then we're going to let the system determine what our strategy is it's the wrong way of doing it right no agreed yeah agreed it's uh and 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 us us uh my CEO friend used to call us the nasty vendors. Us nasty vendors are, are guilty of contributing to that because we'll oversell what our particular widget does. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, and, and, but I always have that, um, whenever I'm doing it with a client, I always say, listen, we are not meeting with a vendor unless there's your future account manager is going to be there. Because mm. they hold the sales guy accountable yeah. because you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to deliver it and they'll have an unhappy client or they'll have a happy Yeah. So again, it's little things like that. And that's just, you know, from the experience in the, well, experience anyway, that will tell you that they don't not just to email marketing, is it? No, it's not just email marketing, right? It's, it's, uh, it's any practice, broadly speaking. I've, I've, I've noticed something in the past, call it four to six months that intrigues me. Um, I see businesses executing extremely well with their, with the email marketing piece of their relationship with me. I'm saying that as carefully as I can. And it, it's not necessarily done with super expensive, high-end, fancy tool set. They, they're clear about strategy and they kind of stick to the knitting, if you will, of the business that they're in and the relationship bit of the relationship that uh, fits that business in terms of what I buy, buy from them, transact with them, whatever else. And it, it impresses me when I see that, like, dang, you guys are doing a really good job. And I know you're banging this out with Clavio, MailChimp, whatever, fill in the blanks. What's Chris Merritt's phrase, cheap and cheerful systems, but it's working because they're very clear about, uh, about the long-term, what we're going to do together relationship. Yes. Yes, and 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 and, and that's it. Uh, you summed that up really, really well. As far as I'm concerned, you know, we we throw a lot of businesses throw money at it with the technology, hoping fingers crossed that you know it's it's going to work, but without actually a plan of action. Yeah. Where yeah. 
can do a lot more. Even if you have to do workarounds, um, you can do a lot more with cheaper technology. Yeah, yeah. You're just being very strategic with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Begin with the end in mind. Know what you actually want to do. Uh, yeah, and then probably difficult, if rare, difficult, nearly impossible to pick the system to execute the strategy. So that's the way it should work, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so I don't get to own your whole day, even though it'd be fun. Uh, what's on the horizon, you think, for this field? What's the future of email, Kath Pay? The future of, <laughs> future of email is um, we're not going anywhere, that's for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Technology, uh, you know. We owned personalization. We were the first ones really to be owning personalization. Although we, we had the capability and everything, thanks to, um, but we still are doing it as well as we could, uh, and as well as we should, as far as the consumers are concerned, right? So there's still room for improvement and personalization mm. is not going anywhere. And it still is, I regard to be an art. So, you know, that's there. But once we start to get, you know, the AIs coming into most of the platforms and that that is happening on a regular basis. Yeah, right? yeah it is. Know. Yeah. So, you know, every now and then, every, well, every couple of weeks, you get a new as ER where we've made it easier for you to do this. But, well, you know, so, so that is exciting. But still, you need to be the strategic marketer guiding it. But um, I think... We're just going, I don't know that there's going to be anything amazing. I mean, privacy is still a really, really big thing. And big yeah, big deal. Lots more going to happen in that, right? Keys or anything. But we just have to stay tight. We have to adapt, same as we've adapted. And I think that we adapt quite easily to the, um, the MPP, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone at first was looking going, the sky is falling down, right? But now we're still, you know, we're yeah, still... No big deal, yeah. Oh, it's still happening. Yeah. And we might be using workarounds or we're using different metrics, which are probably more reliable than, than we ever made any. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to those kind of things. Well, I'm not necessarily looking forward to the, <laughs> the, the privacy, the additional privacy, because that always are a bit of a challenge. Okay? But... Um, definitely looking forward to the um, personalization automation. It is, I can remember for years and years and years, in every year, everyone was saying automation is going to, you know, next year, next year will be the year for automation. Next year will be the year for automation. Right? We kept on doing it because it got a little pick up, welcome emails, you know, or welcome program even. And then, you know, oh, cut. Abandonment, great. So, you know, most people have those in place, but I can really see that there's a huge momentum happening for automating as much as possible because you've got the, you know, lovely family messages, great offers, all personalized. You don't even need to use AI for this. So you still get that really, really personalized effect mm. on it. Yeah. Oh, they're thinking of being online. So that, and, and then, you know, when you look at the, the metrics from them, they're phenomenal, and that's because they are so relevant. Um, the automation is still on its way up. Not there. It hasn't, it hasn't peaked yet. Uh, not at all. I, but I can see a, a good momentum. Interesting. Yeah. And, and once you start doing that, then that's adding even more value to the email channel, which is going to make then the consumers even more reliant upon it, mm. and therefore... You know, it's it's all good for email. Yeah, I had I had um, I had a couple of gents from Yahoo Mail, uh, the top guys from Yahoo Mail, on for a conversation a couple of weeks back, and they said what they learned because they would, they relaunched the Yahoo email client on roughly its twenty fifth anniversary, which I thought was kind of cool. But they said what our consumers base our customers told us that e emails where they manage the business of life which I thought was, was nicely phrased and felt relatively accurate to me. Um, 
And as we start putting more and better guardrails, call it, call it uh, privacy, um, around what do I control about myself and what do I not control about myself? Email actually feels like a more, much more, I stay in control of my stuff world yes. than fill in the blanks, social media channel or messaging channel or something else. Like I can still tell you to take me off the list and unsubscribe and Bozo filter you. And I, I still feel like I've got, I may not get to all of it. I may not be an inbox zero ever, but I still feel like the controls are there for me to drive and it's not someone else poking, prodding, shaping it, structuring it. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it isn't owned by any. Yes. Player. Agreed. So, you know, um, yeah, well, we, we've probably done a full loop now. Yeah, we have, we have. I do worry a bit as, as, as we do the inevitable fumbling experimentation of, of a new enabler, AI in this case, we're going to see some crap. We're going to see some really dumb stuff. For a while, we're going to see pseudo personalization that makes you want to stick your finger down your throat because it's harder than it looks. But I can't make an omelet without breaking eggs, I guess. No, but it, it's all this whole thing. Yeah, AI is just a big learning curve. I mean, already Google is is onto you know um, articles that uh, look like they've been written and they haven't you know been they're not citing the yeah. Yeah. All of, all of that. That's already. Right. And yes, um, there's going to be, it's a learning curve. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, strategy will be even more important. So everyone's going to end up buying the second edition of your book, I predict. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I knew it would be awesome. This is like a master class for email marketers that really want to be at the top of their game. I think people are going to enjoy this conversation. Good. Well, I've enjoyed that. I always enjoy speaking with you. Cool. Well, we're going to call it good. Where does someone find Kath Pay out in the world? Okay. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, mainly uh, Twitter, of course, at holisticemailmarketing.com. Um, and I'm Kath at holisticemailmarketing.com. Um, no, holistic email. And and if you go to your favorite bookstore, whether online or not, look for the book Holistic Email by Kath Pay. Yeah, indeed. We're out. Thank you.